pictures of you, man, like, you don't look like you've aged a fucking day besides this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what this is, but like, but besides this, like, yeah. dude, you look like the exact same guy. Like, I know. Like I, retirement. Everybody's, yeah. We'll and you shave that off. What happened? I let it grow back. <laughs> you got your tattoo? Oh, 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 we'll jot down tattoo for later. <laughs> ask about the tattoo. <laughs> you have one? Yeah, I got one. Okay, good. We got yeah, I got one. <laughs> All right. Well, we've already started. As you can tell, Chicago's Bravest Stories is in full effect right now, oh, yeah. even before we get recording. But to let you guys know who we have in the studio today, we have a treat here because is Billy our first two-time guest? Oh, might be. Yeah. yeah. I think Billy Heenan... Might be the first two-time guest here on Chicago's Bravest Stories, uh, which but, which means something because we've said to almost everyone we'd love for you to come back. Absolutely not. No, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it may be fifty percent. I'm like, dude, it'll be great when you come back. I'm like, uh, we're not going to have this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Right, <laughs> right. But he didn't come alone. No, nope. he didn't come oh, alone. Yeah. World-renowned sixth <laughs> district chief Pat Kehoe from. Uh, Battalion six, uh, that's where you retired out of, right? Right, Battalion and, six. And how many years did you have on the job? 34. 34 years. How many for you, Billy? Uh, I went one more year than she and then Pat. You just did. had to beat him by that. You well, didn't no. care. You just wanted that one more year on him. Pat was mad at me. I was supposed to go with him and I didn't go. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, I hear through the grapevine that, oh, here we go. that Pat <laughs> is still upset at you for missing his walkout. Uh, is this correct? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I was out. He beats, of, he beats his retirement, but he beats his uh, time on by one year and then misses his walkout. I'll right. tell you what. It's not like my last day was like sprung on everybody. It was planned <laughs> way ahead of time, a year ahead of time. But why is that? St- why is that still a bitter subject for you, Chief? She's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> but he had plans. Well, I... Oh, yeah, he I could would, have changed his plans. I would I, have changed it for him. I made right. his last day oh. and his next day. God. <laughs> Billy. I know. I know. Vince I is know. hitting the wrong I, target. This is going to be coming around right after you, man. I took care of my chief, though. I did. <laughs> like, he gave me a lot of gray hair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> besides that. Dude, I'm <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> well, let's... Uh, we have hours and hours of Billy Heenan episodes. Uh, airtime. Well, for you guys who are listening and don't know, we recorded an, uh, like almost a four-hour episode of Billy <laughs> one day, and we had some technical difficulties that completely made his oh, first God. podcast unlistenable. And I mean, this is I really had to the make third it, time we've had the guy back. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, realistic. honest to God, it is. And I had to make that phone call. I tried everything. I was calling the manufacturer of this equipment and... I spent hours and hours and hours trying to repair it, and it was I just could not fix it. And I got to the point where I actually had to call Billy and say, I don't know how to tell you this, <laughs> but you know those four hours we spent in the studio? <laughs> Completely gone. We uh, became and, very close. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what, what does Billy say? No problem. You want to do it again? And so... It's like, absolutely. But it was actually better because Steve got to be here too. Yes. And we... I, I think it was an even better Things podcast. Things are it always was. so much better when Steve is here. Where's <laughs> yeah. Steve tonight? Uh, Steve is at work, right? Yeah. yeah. Steve is at work. He's I don't actually fucking on know shift. what he's doing. Who knows? <laughs> 
He's out there doing it. He's saving lives. I do. He actually, I think he actually rolled past me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. I was like, oh, this thing does fucking move. Look at this <laughs> oh, fucking geez. thing rolling around. <laughs> Dude, I, I, like guys, not to, not to go after every Chicago guy that's staring right at me right now, but Chicago guys love to do the old, ah, yeah, uh, uh, truck 219 his house right over there you know and I'm like I don't know what any of your dumb fucking numbers mean <laughs> like they use this as like reference points I'm like I don't I don't know dude and but I know fucking engine 68 because of because of fucking jag off Steve um, and uh, what were we just talking about the other day truck 20 Truck 20. Truck, yeah. 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 Oh, America's, America's truck. truck. America's yeah. truck, man. Listen. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's with the little hey, mustard. That's the squad say. incubator. Yeah. It's squad incubator. <laughs> Billy, where did it get that name? Well, because most of the guys that got to the squad came from Truck 20. Oh. <laughs> no, where, America's truck. Where did it? That, I don't know. That I mean, I was there and they, they started calling it America's truck. I, I don't know if it was, we were watching a football game. They started watching. You're Dallas. watching the Cowboys? Yeah. And all of a sudden they go, oh, we're America's truck. Okay. So <laughs> does that. Nickname predate you, predate you getting there, right around the time I was there. Yeah, yeah, yes. What do you think about that, Chief? Listen, that hey, you got, you if they have think some. they're America's truck, they're America's truck. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good guys. What a America's chief truck. answer. What a chief. <laughs> Listen, that, that's a great firehouse. Right out of yeah. the handbook. Right that's out of the chief handbook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to this day, I know a couple of guys that are just yeah. good, solid dudes. Well, Chief, with uh, thirty-four years on the job, what what got you started in this business? How did how did this come about? Any family like it's a what? family business? Is it a family business? Yes, it is. Because I I do know, that I hear the name Kehoe, and I was like trying to figure out which one you were. Because Billy was saying, I'm like, is it this one? Is it this one? Because there, the Kehoe name does run a very wide gamut. Would you say? That's pretty much at the end, though. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> dying off like dinosaurs. <laughs> so my my grandfather started as a sergeant at the Chicago Police Department. And my uncle, who ended up being a deputy fire commissioner, he actually, actually drove Commissioner Quinn also. Wow. So that's, that's we're those going are back. roots. Yeah. We're going back. Yeah. So he ended up being a deputy fire commissioner. What, of what year would that be then? Oh, man. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho. If you're a city employee and you get hurt, you have the option to request Sports and Ortho when you're being assigned some physical therapy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can always choose us. We're on the city plan, so if you want to come to us, we are happy to see you. Yeah, you're, you're not locked into whoever they send you to. You can always make a request to go to a better facility if you'd like, and Sports and Ortho is a good alternative. We think so. I'm not even sure what yeah. year exactly. And my father came on in the 50s. Okay. And he rose through the ranks, and he ended up being the same rank my uncle was, a deputy fire commissioner. Wow. Which is, um, I was talking to some guys, it, it was like third or second in command of the entire Pretty much. department. He was yeah. number, my father was number two, two. at one time. Yeah, oh, right. really? He was the first deputy. Okay. Then the engine 100 thing happened, oh. and he got demoted. <laughs> so... Well, explain what what that is. Yeah. Hmm. If you can, if you if you can, <laughs> no, I will. I mean, you haven't had a ton to drink yet, so you no. should be a fairly right. put together. Answer. It could be better when I drink, though. Right? Uh, no, if I you want to wait, we put it off. Later. You know, that was a turning point. Engine one hundred was like a turning point for the fire department. Yes, right, correct, correct, absolutely. Yeah. So explain that because that that's interesting as hell. So they had a retirement party that day. Things got out of hand. 
a video. Oh, this is the the VHS grainy video. This of the is Christmas the VHS. Okay. Bingo. We talked about that, right? Oh, we yes. talked about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is no. the video that took effect. So that video took place. It was put away in a in a, which I don't know why they would do that anyway. Yeah, right. In a <clears throat> kitchen locker for a long time. Then the wrong guy got his hands on it. Put turned, it out there. Turned it in. Turned it into the news media. Correct. Turned it into the media and demanded the fire department to do something. And the commissioner at the time, which I won't mention his name, but his son ended up getting fired over it. Oh, wow. And my father was asked to sign off on the guys getting fired, and he refused. Okay. So he got demoted. But he, nope. it, they really didn't hurt him. He got demoted to one spot down the deputy fire commissioner of operations. Right. Okay. And was he close was he, to his, his retirement anyways at that point? No. No? No, not Still yet. Had a, oh, really? Yeah. No. He stayed till he was 65. Okay. Because back then there was no age limit. And while he was in no that kidding. position, they put the 63 in. So then he retired. Okay. He would have never left. Why did it change, do you know? Why did they add that clause in for, like, across the board that you have to leave at this? Is it a pension thing? I don't, it's not yeah. a state thing because the other fire departments can stay till 65. What, what can you stay till? Um, I think it's 65. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 62. I think it's a city thing. Right. It was 63 for us now. 63 now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like for coming on as a firefighter. I remember getting a, like a Xerox piece of paper and it said 35 and they just scratched it out. 38. And they wrote in 38, and that's what they were handing out is the max age for you to come on as a firefighter. Right. Right. You think about some of the old school things that were done back in the day, because it was very much like a who you knew back then, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the people you knew, like uh, a lot of politics in the Chicago Fire Department back then. Your roots (laughs) are pretty deep in the fire department, so... You were going to go no matter what, right? You had the bug. You'd seen your... Well, here, in 1982, I graduated from high school. Okay. And my father said to me, what do you want to do now that you're graduating? I said, I want to be a fireman. I said, you want to be a fireman? I said, yeah, I want to be a fireman. He goes, well, then you uh, you better go to paramedic school. Really? And this is in 1982, huh? He saw the future. Yeah. Wow. He was right. So I did go to paramedic school. Where'd you go? Ingalls. Okay. And Harvey. That program's still around. So I went to Ingalls, graduated. I didn't want nothing to do with being a paramedic. <laughs> but it worked out. I, I don't regret it at all. Did my time in the ambulance. So you, you came on as a single role? Came on as a single role medic. Okay. Then I went to um, take the test for fire. And I did fair art while there. So then I took the next test. Ended up doing okay there. Because then you took you by seniority, and um, I ended up crossing over. What when you got out? When you got on as a medic, where did you go? I went uh, first district relief. <clears throat> then I put in for ambulance fourteen. And so I, you you were downtown. Yeah, floating around, floating around downtown, and then where? Ambulance fourteen, truck twenty's house, truck, truck twenty, engine fifty four. <laughs> Good and, house. And then I left there and went to ambulance forty nine at one sixteen and squad five. Wow. All right, so Vince loves when I do this. Um, I was, I I got distracted because I'm a moron um, doing stuff. But um, I I 
I wanted to start off a little bit differently. And uh, how I wanted to start this off was just a couple of people giving some some praises for you. So Corey's looking at his phone oh, right boy. now. Look at my me. phone. Yeah, I don't have my spectacles on. Um, but uh, just a couple of guests that we've had previously. Um, Jim Stedman has said that Pat Kehoe is here. We go is a great guy and and. Um, you just making this up? You're no. acting like you're looking on your phone, are you? Yeah. You know, because I, I got 57 fucking gyms on my phone when I look <laughs> up Jim. I got two of them a reference right now. Um, he, he says that you're a great guy. Um, I looked up, uh, I looked up uh, Jim Davis, uh, Captain Jim Davis, I think. Um, he said the pad exemplifies every aspect of professionalism and represents the CFD ad's finest. So you should have realized classic, that. That is classic Jimmy Davis. Listen, which, I don't yeah. know where you're getting those from, but. Right. <laughs> these, these, are, these are things, people say things. Okay. Keep going, Corey. Um, finish your, finish I, also Corey. Spoke, Corey. I also spoke to, uh, as I told you, uh, I think his last title was officially Battalion Chief uh, uh, Dave Thomas, right? Yep. Um, Dave Thomas said that you're a prince of a human being. Um, Jesus Christ. These are, these are, these are direct quotes. Uh, oh my God. And here's the thing. Write these guys down because I'm I'm trying to get Jimmy and uh, Dave maybe down the line too. So have some real nice. I'm sure these guys are very easy to swing. So I'm sure there's some great <laughs> stories on these guys. Um, and then uh, who else did I have? Oh, uh, uh, newly battalion chief Nicholas Secker said... What did this fucking idiot say? <laughs> um, I'm sure it's another praise. Oh, heavy. this is, yeah. So um, when when asked, what kind of dirt do you have on Pat Kehoe? He says, I've got absolutely no dirt on Pat. He's a great guy. Um, he did he did make a reference one time that uh, you guys were at a funeral and that you were like the fucking mayor. And he felt like he was uh, he felt like he was kind of hanging out with the president the whole time. He's like, everybody's like, oh hey, how do you know Pat? Like and he just he, he felt like uh, he was uh, he's very hero uh, hero glamour ridden from you. So thirty four uh, years and all those guys can't find one speck of dirt. Not spe- not one speck of dirt. Just, um, I did have a couple things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? And that's what I'm thinking. Um, Don't worry, we're gonna have him I, in I do here. Have a couple, we're gonna, we're we're gonna give you more time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's how I want to set this up, just talking about how great of a guy he was. And that was just all going to kind of like taper off and like become shittier <laughs> and shittier. <laughs> right. the, yeah. Well, you obviously didn't talk to the you people in the 6th Battalion. Well, right. no. Nope. Well, that's why Billy's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defunk a lot of those stories. Oh, here he is. The old fact checker Billy. <laughs> that's right. We're going to get to the true Pat yeah. Kehoe. Oh, dude, yeah. No, I want to hear it. And too. we'll talk about the true Billy Heenan. Yeah, well, oh. it, can't get any, it can't get any worse than the first time. Yeah. Uh, or the second time. Yeah, we, we have our redundancy in places, so you won't have to come back here for the fifth time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, so going before you, uh, before you get actually higher, Pat. So you, um, I'm sorry, I keep on calling you Pat Chief. No, you, um, no, you don't have to call me Chief. I'm not a Chief the, anymore, as my wife says. Vince, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and that's that reminds me. And that's, that's, every that's the real day. boss, <laughs> right? Um, so you had some family on the job array, and so like, was there anybody? Um, Besides your papa, or maybe maybe even your papa, like was there anybody that was like just just at the forefront of like, all right, I'm a fireman. Like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Was there anybody like that? Or no, my father was really the biggest influence on me. Was he? And then when I was in the ambulance, probably the biggest influence I had was my partner Kevin Kirkley. Oh, okay. oh, because he kind of set me in good, the right. I was 22 guy. years old. Yeah. yeah, so I could have went off in any direction I wanted. Sure, to. And, and he really kept me straight. And what year was that? 
Not the date yet. That was 1988. You get on in 88. I got on in 86. Or 86. Okay. So you get on in 86. Um, you're, you're going through as being a mag. Did you have any buddies from the neighborhood? Where, where'd you grow up again? I grew up at St. Mary's Star of the Sea. Oh, okay. 66 in Karloff. Yeah. South. Yeah. What what engine or truck is mine? Engine, no, I'm just fucking Engine 64. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> truck 31. <laughs> ah, my truck 21's house. Yeah, yeah. You know, the neighborhood. So as you're as you're growing up, like like a little bit from from your old man, were a lot of the kids from the neighborhood going into the fire department too? Or yeah, there were a few. Um, I used to go ride with my father all the time in the 26 battalion. Oh yeah, which is at where's, engine, where's engine 101 truck oh, 41. <laughs> truck 41 house, man. Yeah, ambulance They got another ambulance. I don't know what number it is though. They got two now. Like a, Nobody knows the now. ambulance, dude. But Nobody knows go, the. I used to go to work with him. Yeah. And he wouldn't let me go on ambulance runs. No shit. Because he took ambulance runs in as so, a battalion chief. Oh, really? Were they still like buggy guys back then? Yeah, they were buggy. He had a driver. Yeah. And a buggy, and they had a stretcher the in the back. battalion chief had a driver? Yeah. Yeah. Stretcher and they called, in the back? Yep. And they called him inhalators. Take the inhalator. <laughs> and he'd make me stay back with Flying Manpower Squad 3. No shit. I've been doing a lot, because we had um, I forgot uh, what James the- Joyce in here, and that was the first time that I heard about the Flying Squad. He would talk about flying squad one and this. It, it wasn't until like later on in the conversation, because I thought he was just referring to the squad as like they were fast moving. But I didn't understand that that was an actual term for call to manpower from this particular group of guys who were assigned there. And then Special I, guys. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> can't say that anymore, Bill. You can't which, say that anymore. Which is really the birthplace of <laughs> right. our traditional squad, right? Right. But... The flying squad was an actual designation for these guys, and I, I was on social media, and somebody was posting the helmets of the flying squad and FMS. Yes, yeah. FMS, and I was like, "What is an?" I thought it was like I'm sure there's a better abbreviation. I'm that's sure what it is. Flying Manpower Squad right. Three, right? Yeah. But I'm sure you guys came up with a better. That's a what they had. Abbreviation yep. for it, right? You guys oh, okay. didn't come up with Wait, some what, nickname for it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you guys would have had a good nickname. What year did for... it change, Pat? Oh, I don't know. The squads? From Flying Squad, yeah. The squads? Yeah. Why are you asking? I'm just curious. Oh, Why are you asking? I don't know what year. Because he's a good call. Because he's man. a squad guy. Yeah. <laughs> squad guy. He, he wants to know where his roots come from. Yeah. I, I forgot when they stopped. When they stopped. It was after Squad 3, right? That was the last Flying Squad. It seemed from James Joyce that it was a while back. It was. It was a while. Yeah, back. it was a while back. Like the snorkel that started off with Commissioner Quinn. Yeah, and Steve okay. Hurling has a story about that. Yeah, about yeah, his I think uncle we was. About with you, his uncle was the one. Yeah. I believe yes. it was his. It was his uncle, uncle. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think his uncle was driving uh, a cherry picker. Cherry or something picker like that. for yeah. Comet. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh really? And yeah. Quinn saw him in there. He's like, you know how to drive that thing. That's how. According to Steve, which I, I believe him 100%, because this is like one of his big claims to fame, was that the, the squad has that snorkel because of his grandfather. I've, his heard, I've heard this story 10,000 times. <laughs> so and it's got to be true. Yeah, so, yeah, so not only has he reinforced the nonsense in my head, but he's probably reinforced the nonsense. But it was his like his works. uncle went. He went to go get a can can of pop. pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and and the (laughs) commissioner was like, what the fuck is this thing? And he's like, oh, it's just, you know, (laughs) whatever, it's a cherry picker. Um, (laughs) I believe uh, that's true how that that did come about. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, God damn it, uh, Steve's right. 
fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, dude. I don't know if he was the guy, but I think the cherry picker is how yeah, yeah. it came about. I, I mean, it makes sense. You're corroborating Steve's right. story. It, it makes sense for like a fire department story. Like just the, just like some some like haphazard like idea yeah. floats yeah. its way in the fire department. Like, we're snorkel guys now. Yeah. And like, all of a sudden, <laughs> fuck, everybody thinks so. Um, so uh, Back to Pat. Yeah. So, Pat, so as... As you're like doing these ride alongs, we were actually just talking about um, who's the guy I was trying to get on, Billy. Oh, we just uh, Mike Timothy. Mike Timothy. So, um, uh, Mike, we heard the same thing about Mike. So, like, what were these ride alongs? Like, do you remember them at all? Or not well, I, I always rode with my father in the buggy. Yeah. That's what they call it, the buggy. Right. And we go to. You said it was relatively quiet, but. We'd go to fires, and if he. If they had a fire, he'd wait for it to settle down, then he'd take me in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He'd How actually take you? you in? Yeah, after everything was calmed yeah. down and no flames or nothing, just overhaul, he'd take me in. How, that's how, that's uh, how, how old was. were you? Oh, man, I was only, I was young. Yeah? It's probably, oh, man, maybe 16, 17. Oh, okay. Oh, so oh that's were, not young. Yeah, you're yeah. Old, yeah. old enough. Well, we were just talking you know? before you got here to uh, Dan Brackett on the, the phone here, and he was riding even younger than that, I think. Uh, yeah, he was at 84, and I know that. Yeah, he, yeah. he was, that's old enough where you get a good feel about what's going on, and you can actually, like... That's when you find out what you want to do. Well, I I, I, I rode as a younger kid, but I never really went in. You, yeah, and you could you know, he, he would go to work and then come and pick me up at the house. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were at 67th and Pulaski. He was at 69th and Bell. Oh, okay. Which is right the other side of Western. Yeah. What um, do you remember anything about the ride along with your old man? What's one thing you remember about it with your old man doing the ride alongs? How tired I was when I went home. Were you? Because <laughs> I was exhausted. Yeah. Did he make yeah. you do the whole twenty four? Yeah. Oh no, he wouldn't let me do the twenty four. Pick you up well, at night, right? He'd send me home at night. Oh really? He'd take me home. He'd go to work, pick me up, let me stay all day, eat. Do everything and then go home. Was that oh, something nice. that you wanted to do? Or oh, I wanted he... to do it. Okay. I would have done it every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I ever wanted to do. Dude, he was yeah. probably thinking, I mean, thinking back to your time at the firehouse, you, you probably, at least for me, I'd be like, dude, it's got to be these four guys that aren't going to drop these jokes or don't know too much about me. Right. <laughs> They're fairly respectable fellas. <laughs> all right, I'll let little Patty come along with me today. <laughs> like, like, just the right crew of guys where it's not going to be a problem. I mean, he had a driver. We called him Uncle Jack. Oh, Jack yeah? Lawler. Yeah. He passed away. You know Jack? I did. Yeah, yeah, he was his driver. Huh. He was awesome. Christmas presents every year, like we were his own. Oh, we, called him, we called him Uncle. Uncle yeah. Jack. I forgot, I forgot what year they stopped the buggy drivers. What year was that? Oh, I don't remember what year, but they want, they want to bring him back now. Yeah, That's what I they're know. trying to bring they, him back. They, yeah. Listen, the, the battalion chief should have a buggy driver, not the DDC, as far as I'm concerned. I had a buggy driver for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't let him drive. <laughs> During the Chicago riots, I had a buggy driver. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, that was, a, that was a good night. But I wouldn't let him drive. <laughs> Put him in the passenger seat. I, I remember think. that night very well. Was this your buggy driver? No, Eric Mason, <laughs> Eric Mason no, was, was my buggy driver. I was talking to Pat on another the so-called task force because the chief I had, he was not aggressive. And you showed up at one of our fires. I did. I and I didn't. I didn't wait for our chief to call him. I called him. I said, Pat, what do you need? He goes, Go down the street. There's another fire. I go, Pat, Okay. Go down Pat, the where were you for those rats? Because I was down there too. Where I was where? In battalion six. Yep. So. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Chicagoland 1-800-BOARD-UP. Corey, you know a lot about board-up. 
man, I am a board up guy from way back then. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, for a lot of you guys that uh, are, are, aren't super familiar with what board up companies do, um, post fire, we've got a lot of openings in the house. We got a, a lot of orifices, if you will. Orifices. And, um, and board up companies show up and they, they get you lined up. And these guys at Chicago and 1-800-BOARD-UP are the best in the business, pal. Well, they're all about their victim assistance. So they'll take you from the fire all the way back to bringing you back into the house post-fire. Yeah, it's not just about like fixing the house. It's about helping the, the person that, right. that was involved. It's not just putting plywood on your windows yeah. after a fire. It's about taking care of the victims. They have this saying about after the fire, now what? These guys will answer all those questions. They'll take care of everything, but you got to reach out to them. You can find them on Facebook at Chicagoland 1-800-BOARD-UP. And if you go to our social media, we have the QR code and just scan that QR code. It'll take you right there. Yeah, man. Um, and on top of fire restoration, they also do water damage, wind damage. Um, again, these guys like pretty much if there's a disaster, if there's something terrible that's that's going on, they're going to help. They're going to prop you up and help you out in whatever way they can. Yeah, they are. They know what they're doing. They've had ten years of supporting the fire service and even more than that of restoration, everything else. We you, you went to the whole list on our last episode here about wind damage, restoring fine artwork, everything else, anything that you need post-fire, Chicagoland 1-8 Board Up can provide. Did you go to the uh, the camera fire? Were you at that? Um, that was downtown. Right. Did you? No, that was no. the next day. Oh, okay. I was there on Sunday. Saturday was the first day. Sunday was the next week. I went to nine fires that day, and I missed two of my own. Correct. Oh, in your own in my own battalion. actual battalion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I no, thought I did move all all around. They had us going everywhere. Yeah. I thought they brought you up for a task force to deal no, with. That. No, I was on, it was, was just the day of. Yeah, I was on a task force a few days later, and they actually, the alarm office used to treat me pretty well because I would, <laughs> I would send them pizzas. So, <laughs> so they would send me to it's stuff. Good That's thing. all yeah. it takes, huh? Right. So I called them up and said I'm on the task force. So they sent me to the 18th Battalion, okay. which is the west side. And all we yeah. have is an LA garage. They sent me to an LA garage. <laughs> uh. Saturday and Sunday were the days. Sa- Sunday was, yeah. Sunday Sa- was the day. Saturday was a lot of fires downtown, and Sunday was the big day. Yeah. Was that the most fires you've had in your career was during the riots? In one day. Yeah. In one day? Yeah. Yeah. I've had three before in a day. That was the most I had in one day was nine. Wow. I mean, nine. there's nine some good departments ones. that yeah. don't go to nine in a year. Yeah, we started at 4.30, and it ended at 6 in the morning. It was uh, those riots were were something else. I, I I've talked about it on this podcast a couple times. There, I wish I wish I had a GoPro that day on my helmet. That Nobody was, would dude, believe it. Insane. Been wild. Nobody right? would believe it. You, you wouldn't believe it. It was real life Gotham City. Yeah. And some of the things that I've I've never felt. That was the first time working for this department that I I felt unsafe. Correct. And I'm surrounded by police officers and. When we were surrounded and they put the bridges up, so oh. we had nowhere to go. I was first time I did not feel safe being no, on. None of us felt safe. Department. Are you kidding me? We're getting we're getting uh, water bottles thrown at us, rocks. Yeah, oh. 
And they and they locked up the policeman's hands. Oh, uh, they, they handcuffed them. Yeah, they handcuffed them. Yeah. Were any of those the one? Um, I had one over by uh, uh, Plasky Madison, like a cell phone store, like uh, lit up the whole fucking corner. No, no mine were all. Yours. No, mine were all like between Western oh, Avenue, all south, right? Yeah. And Halsted. All south, yeah, Halsted. Yeah. Fifty yeah. fifth. I had three fires on on fifty fifth. I had two fires on fifty fifth and Racine. Yep. On the same block. Yep. At the I same time, a, that's when I was. That's when I called you. No, they were apart. We, no, yeah, we're, we, yeah you came to the one at 55th and Racine. Right. That was a liquor store. Right. Then you told me there's another one down the street. Go ahead. Yeah, but that was a different one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then at like two in the morning, we went back to 55th and Racine. I thought we were going to rekindle. Yeah. It was a different place. <laughs> oh, dude, that was the one you talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you talked <laughs> was, about the thing. It's crazy. It's, it was that there was night. A was, woman, there was a woman on 55th and Racine across the street from the fire building behind a security gate, an older black woman, and she was crying that they were burning the block down. It was sad. It was. Yeah. It was. It right. Was. Well, because it's weird. What I noticed down there is that, I mean, it is shitty down there, but like you'll get a couple like holdout blocks where you just have old folks that are like, listen, the old folks this are trapped. They're trapped. They can't yeah. go anywhere. So like I'm, I, I raised my kids here. Why, yeah. why in the fuck would I leave? And, and like, right. and they're wonderful people. They're, they're, they're prisoners in their own home. Yeah. And they can't, they're, they're like every once in a while, some nonsense floats through. We got to do the best of what we got. And then we just keep on going. It's like, like, Pat, like, said, like Pat said, we've seen people standing out front, just shaking their heads. Right. I mean, yeah. it was, there was, everybody was, was stealing and robbing. And it was kids were, they had their kids out there carrying stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, yeah. was, it was very op- opportunistic oh. is what I can describe downtown because it was smashing windows, like stealing shoes, like whatever. Oh, I, I, I saw a guy, an owner of a 7-Eleven just stand outside watching people just destroy his store. And there were business owners lined up all down uh, Wabash. Same thing, just standing outside watching and they're going that helpless look that they had yeah. uh, like what I can't do anything. I just have to sit they, here. They, and these, watch these, it. these business owners gave these people breaks, gave them credit. I mean, and they went, they went the same people robbed them, yeah. robbed everything they had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That started, mine started at four 30. I was writ chief. Then they sent me to 79th and Western. For your first fire. For my first fire was writ. 79th and Western. They sent me to a fire. It was a, I think it was a CVS or a Walgreens. And I stood on the corner and the rich truck pulls up, and the rich truck says, hey, there's smoke coming from the building across the street. So I says, go check it out for me. Well, they had a fire in there. Then I turn around, 79th, 79th, 78th and Western in the middle of the block. There's black smoke pumping out of a building there, so I called it in. And they pull a still in box at 79th and Damon. I, t- I step onto the street, and a big header in the, in the air. I'm thinking, this is crazy. How do you manage the manpower? Very that- minimal. Yeah. Very minimal. I had a myself engine truck, and then I had um, I sent the rich truck across the street. I called the other one in, so we were able to handle it with an engine and a truck. It was tough, but we did it. And then we moved on to there to Mount Greenwood because there, there was no, everybody was out doing stuff. Everybody was out doing. There stuff. just wasn't anybody left. No, nobody left. Then we went to Mount Greenwood for a uh, IED. They put an IED behind then they bring, a, behind they a bring, police officer's house. They bring the task force in to help Pat, and we're bouncing around. I mean, it's like, it, was, it was like Pat said. What's the task force? They, they set up these task force. Like, was an engine, engine truck, battalion chief, an and engine. a field chief. But the field chief drove with the battalion chief. Right. And then we had an we had, we had two sheriffs on the front and back. 
Oh, shit. Leading well, us in and out. This we, is like that flying squad you guys were talking about. Well, we about had the, the same thing downtown. Field chief, battalion chief, engine, truck, ambulance. We didn't have the police. But trying to respond downtown because of... It, if you've seen Black Hawk Down, you remember how they couldn't get around because yeah. there were, like... Barriers. Blocks off. Right. We kind of had the same thing. We'd get to a bridge. You couldn't, you couldn't pass it. You had the protesters. We couldn't pass it. So trying to get to an address, and it it got real when we went to our first shooting downtown. And you would start off, the battalion chief would lead, field chief, engine truck, Correct. ambulance. But as we started to, as things really started to escalate during the evening, we inevitably got separated. And then we found ourselves separated from the group, trying to regroup it, it was it was terrible that was a terrible terrible day you had to, you had to give it to the alarm office so they did a pretty good job i don't know how they pulled it off no they did a great job I mean, and, well and, fueled with pizzas and, and, the, <laughs> and the way the firemen worked their rear ends oh off. yeah they did the firemen worked their they rear were ends dead. off we were, went I mean, from I, one fire to another fire to another fire yeah. i had squad two on a fire squad two's from diversity in pulaski i had him at 55th and halston 54th and halston on a fire they walk up to me and like squad two. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. You guys are lost. Who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they made lost. it in to do work. Yeah, they didn't yeah. just show everybody, up. Everybody, listen, everybody worked. It was nonstop. I remember Did we talked about remember, these fires with your with your thing. No, we didn't go over to riots. No, riots were. Uh, we, like Pat said, the sun was coming up. It yeah. was, we, and we never went back home. What uh, What time did the party kick off for you? For us, it was yeah around six o'clock. For us, six o'clock. They, they yeah, let, I started at four thirty, and then he, he started get, he started rock and rolling. I and, ended about six in the morning. Yeah. Oh, bad. But you were just uh, not just, but like you were just bebopping from nonsense, and like you were just one everywhere. place to another. Fucking, yeah. The amount of miles on your truck probably that night. I left my phone in the in the firehouse by accident Ooh. at four thirty because I'm thinking you chose poorly right. on that one. <laughs> Oof. And my wife's like, you could have grabbed one on the street. They me. were everywhere. Yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the bad was part. Was that thing? Yeah. Your wives are watching the news and they're like, <coughs> right. they can't get a hold yeah, of she us. She was watching. Right. She was calling and and my phone was in the firehouse. Oh. Well, she ended up calling the guy that was supposed to be my driver, but he sat in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Wait, are we doing this right now? Yeah. With Joey on there? Yeah, with Joey on there. Yeah, you can just splice it. You can just splice it, too. This message is brought to you by the Frontline Team. That is who we are. What What makes you guys special? Man, man, I think, I think this conversation right now is what makes us special. This is fun. I'm having a good time, Dude, right? <laughs> he, never, he never doesn't pick up, Vince. He always picks up. This is this is the front line commercial right here. Dude, I'm, I'm yeah. saying it. I'm saying it. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're here to have the team. He he makes it happen, Ben. He thought that this was a mortgage in need. Yeah, and that's why he answered. And the, and the bat phone rang, and he picked it up. This guy does it, dude. You can find the Frontline team and Joey Matthews at the Frontline team at neighborhoodloans.com. Again, the frontline team at neighborhoodloans.com you can only also find them at their ring group which is 480 878 
1-800-242-9592. Um, and again, these are the same old guys you know, right, man? Frontline team understands the schedule, understands your needs. So call in for all you veterans. Uh, Joey Matthews has been making uh, videos kind of explaining some of the nuances to things that you may not realize you qualify for or you're able to do with your VA loans. So please reach out to Joey Matthews at these numbers. Give it to him one more time, Corey. All right. Again, we've got a ring group of 480-878-1292. And you could always email him at the frontline team at neighborhoodloans.com. Frontline team. Again. At it again. Ring group, 480-878-1292. And the frontline team at neighborhoodloans.com. That is who we are. Um, back to the ambulance. So you got hired on the ambulance. Anything? 1986 and don't regret a day of it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. How was that? How long did you spend on there? Uh, till 99, 98, 99, 99. Oh, so you put in some time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anything you want to talk about? Anything notable? Uh, <laughs> well, you are, you kind are of one of, question. you were at one of the busiest ambulances in the entire city. Yeah. They call it the ambulance from hell. <laughs> That's the nickname. It was, I thought that was just something we called it. That was the name of it. Yeah. 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 Dang. I mean, we did five runs after midnight every night. Yeah. If we had, right. if we had less than that, we were doing good. What well, was, what was the academy like for medic back then? Uh, it wasn't you, too bad. I think you it was had some weird stuff. Three you had months. A, like a, a run that you had to do and stuff like that. Yeah. We had a mile and a half yeah. in I think 10 minutes. Oh, really? That was 22. So it wasn't. You weren't one right. of the academies that actually went to uh, the swimming pool or anything like that. We did go to the pool. You did? Yeah. Damn, I've been looking for some. Because <laughs> I had <laughs> heard Chicago that, Avenue. I heard that there was, in the academy, the there was a pool academy. That they went and they swam. Because somebody gave me a pair of swim trunks, like CFD swim trunks, and they're like, this is from when the candidates had the swimming was part of their candidacy. I was like, get the oh, fuck cool. out of here. Oh, <laughs> cool. I'll hold on to these forever. Short shorts. Short shorts. Whose are they? Is what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> what did you have to do swimming-wise to prepare you for the mean streets of Chicago? <laughs> the swimming stuff was more like throwing the ring in the pool. That's what we really did. Oh, really? It was nothing like crazy. Oh. oh. No. I thought uh, it was like, I had always envisioned it as that you guys were out there like Navy SEAL training, drum proofing. No. Yeah, that, hey, that's what we were doing. Navy <laughs> yeah. SEAL training. How do you think you got where he's at? Yeah. Yeah. We lay down, try to breathe off the, you know, <laughs> a hose in the water. Right. They tied your hands behind your back and. Uh, Dumped us in a cage, <laughs> dropped us down so you get out. Sharks. Right. Romantic. Finally found somebody who was at the swimming pool for the CFD. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, maybe this will get your. Uh, your creative ambulance juices going, Chief. Uh, I hear we might have to cut this, but I hear that you had a <laughs> incredibly impressive partner when it came to eating pork chops. You care to, <laughs> you care to elaborate on that Here at all? Or, yeah, or, I'll tell you about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, is that PC enough one? All right. Yeah, she's she actually a good partner too. Yeah, she was my first partner. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and her nickname was Pork Chop. Oh, okay. Because For a good reason? She could suck a pork chop off a bone. And I'm talking about a real pork chop. <laughs> she ate 15 pork chops in one sitting one day. Jesus. Oh, cut it I, out. 
We we had a run one day during dinner, and she took the pork chops with her. And she she was, took fifteen. No, that wasn't. But she took a bunch of pork chops with her. She was eating them off the bone and throwing the bones out there. <laughs> she was a good partner too. Yeah. But but more than a good partner, she really loved pork chops. She loved pork chops. <laughs> okay. Um, is that what you were alluding to, Corey? That was it. Yeah, I just I that wasn't. Was, the thing is, I got the pork chop story. Well, who'd you get that from? Because that's a pretty good one. That's a lot. Deep one. That's, that's, deep a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a deep cut. That's, that's, cut. that's, in, the, that's in eighty. We're known for our in depth. Uh, that's pretty research. good research. You know, I right. Um, I just wasn't sure. So the story that I got was just a lot of expletives about how um, uh, about um, eating pork chops, and I didn't know where it was going to go. So I wasn't sure. How, yeah, it was how weird dirty. and deep it not was going to get. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We wanted to see which way that was. Yeah, funny know, that, that, it's funny because that name still comes up. People, yeah? people will call her pork chop. Yeah. Oh. Is she still on the job? No, she's been off for a long oh, time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what um, what do you remember about that time on the Ambo? Just just run your ass off. And it, was a lot, it was a lot different than the time that he was on the Ambos, obviously. I mean, we yeah. we really didn't get any companies. Um, two-man two man stretchers? Two-man stretcher, so we didn't have... Oh, the pickup and... Put yep, in. you drop it all the way to the oh. ground, and then you both yeah. got to pick it up. You know, all, all asthmatics got... They were ALS. They weren't just an all treatment. Mm. Um, and we... I don't know how you guys were, but we were really close-knit group. Uh, the medics in general? Oh, yeah, they were. Oh, yeah? And, um, you know, you'd be at the hospital, and it doesn't matter what time of the night it was. Like, one night, I remember, we uh, there was a shooting... And four or five animals went to the shooting mm-hmm. just to make sure our guys were okay. If there was a 10 1, oh, wow. oh, we yeah. all went. We'd yes. say, hey, Amos. That's how it used to be. Yeah, Amos 49 Angle, where's that 10 1? Come on. And we take it in. You said, we said, we, just to if, back if our, our guys. If our animals called a 10 1, like Pat said, the engine, Rowing, the no engine truck were going out the door. My, yeah, I mean, my understanding when I came on was that anybody who heard it on the radio was going. Yeah. yeah. Even pretty, if you heard it in the house on a scanner. Yeah. Pretty much. It was a, it was mm-hmm. a very close knit group. We, we had great parties. Yeah. yeah. The paramedic parties are yeah. fantastic. Oh, but um, I don't know how it is now. I don't think you it, guys. It, we've have... lost a lot of that. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with the department changing. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Because I've, I've told this to other people about the paramedics who, you know, obviously are near and dear to me. But when I, as far back as I was doing my ride time for paramedic school, the same crews always stayed together. You had partners that stayed together yep. for a long period of time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, like you said, they were a close-knit group. And we don't really have that now. Partners aren't staying together for long periods of time. They're, no, they're, they're, they're trying to get out. Constantly they're, shuff, being shuffled oh, yeah. around. and Well, they're getting beat up pretty bad, though. Yeah. You got it is about right. as bad as it can get. As bad as it can get. As bad as as, bad as it can get. Well, here's the thing. I think it's about to get worse because I think we're running out of paramedics. Yes, I believe that. And just the the list of paramedics that we have right now, we're going to run out. And when historically everybody wanted to come to the city because it was a better job. Yeah. We have people now who are actually leaving because the suburbs now have the money to offer people the same amount of money, same amount of time off, same benefits without having to live in the city and without having to work for the city and well the we're, city we're, we're the city people. needs to step up and really i mean 
they, they give you guys too much crap. Too much crap, man. I mean, well, it's just, just, I mean, we got a lot coming down well, the pipe too. I mean, just think no, about we're getting busloads of people. We're going to be getting tent city soon. Uh, Those are all runs. Those are all runs. You know, a lot of runs. A lot, a lot of, of runs. Right. That, that, I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of runs. I mean, it's going to be nonstop. I, I have no idea what contract negotiations look like for the city, but I mean, imagine an unfathomable population just being added to the city. Absolutely, it's going to affect the, you. The animals, are, not, the animals you know? are already overrun. Right. Overrun. You, you. It don't matter how many ambulances you put in the city. Yeah. Right. They just keep taking the calls and giving them to them. Right. Yeah. yeah it's and now they're now they're being watched. So they're they're just watched like crazy. I mean. Right. They got cameras on the rigs, right? On the yeah. ambulances now? Yeah. The, yeah. the new ones have cameras. If you'd have told me, if, you, if you'd have told me they were going to put two, ever put two ambulances in one house, I'd say no way. Right. Not, you, got, you got houses with two ambulances. Right, yeah. And, and there's a bunch of them, right? Yeah. There's not even just... It's, it's just crazy. My, my house has Your two. house was, yeah. 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 My house has. Um, and they still can't keep up. The engine, the engine and truck's still running. Right. Right. I, I know that we're definitely feeling... Um, I mean, the place that I work, we're still hiring... Um, we still hire firemen with EMT, um, but we have contract paramedics and, and we're running out and, and in general, the suburbs are running very low on paramedics and a lot of departments are going from, again, like bigger departments that are offering a ton of money, like a Glenview or a, like, like a, right. a, a lot more money out there. They're beginning to, to talk about dropping paramedic requirements for firemen too, which like if we're feeling it by us, I imagine that it's probably well. If you want to take a a gauge on how short we are on paramedics, the private ambulance services are paying paramedics like twenty five bucks an hour now. Private ambulances. Are? Private ambulances. Yeah. Oh, it's. Yeah, we because they are in such need for paramedics, just like everybody else. Our, our last negotiation and, and given this is these are contracted paramedics so like paramedics that work for another company come into our department their their starting salary is seventy one thousand dollars a year and that's just starting that's like they'll do un unimaginable amounts of overtime but that was never their starting salary is more than a starting salary of a of a full-time career fireman by us well you gotta is, you mean you, you think about the paramedics like pat said they take a beating the next day is you, you're done. Right. You're useless. Right. I mean, or they're getting at least over by me because the guys over by me will work twenty four forty eights. The guys by me will get stuck for overtime for the next day because there's a call out or whatever. Is like I couldn't imagine these guys pulling forty eights on the ambulance. Like, fuck, well, man. you're gonna do a forty eight and you're gonna get paid two hundred dollars right for yeah. that for well, that shift again. Not anymore. These guys are getting paid pretty. I I mean honestly, I think and not that I'm trying to get on a high horse here but i think the still blood money yeah it's blood money too it's like driving a tote or, or a, a fucking was it the snow plows yeah um <laughs> but uh I, I think the only way for it to like sustain itself is i think we gotta start like training up our own fucking guys i think that's because i don't think anybody wants to be a fireman or a paramedic anymore yeah, in general i think we're all it's gonna run out soon yeah they're having a hard time day. even finding firefighters yeah it's crazy there's departments over by nick he like a, a very good fire department out there. They normally have, I mean, I, I remember over by me when I got hired, there were, I think, 190 guys that, like, took the test with me over by me. And, like, over by him, he's a bigger department. He said that four guys showed up the last test. It's crazy. It's nuts. Like, no, I just I don't think anybody wants to do it anymore. So, 
Pat, when you uh, when you crossed over, oh yeah, Pat Keo's here, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you crossed over, um, you, you already kind of you're you have family on the job. You start to work as a firefighter. Where do you go right out of the academy? Do you go anywhere good or? Yeah, you I went to one twenty three. Where's that? That's where Amos Eight's at and uh, Tower Thirty Nine. That's where Battalion Six is now. <laughs> so you came full circle. That's yeah. what you're saying. So you, you get out there, and how long was it before you got your first fire out there? Two days. Two days, no kidding. Second day, I had two fires. But you were a true crossover, though, right? You you uh, didn't come on on your civilian number. You came on as an actual crossover. Seniority. Sen- oh, oh, seniority. That's how we, yeah. Before we were coming on. Paramedic seniority. Before right. we were coming on by you were, you your were, number. You were part of that 10% that. Yes, but before that, it was. It was how you landed on the list. So say say Billy had more time than me, but he did worse than me, he would be after me. Yes. Oh, okay. And I, I was 10 out on that list. No kidding. And then they changed the seniority so that I had to take the next test. Oh, dude. Oh. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. I don't regret the ambulance at all. I had good partners. I worked with good people. Yeah. What Was it was it a decision for you to, to move over from the ambulance or... Had you ever thought about sticking on the ambulance or? No. No. Yeah, I'll bet. Dude, <laughs> no, I'll bet. No. Uh, I mean, I, I do remember. So all I wanted to be was a fireman. Yeah. That was my dream. So it was always, that was always the end that game. That was always the, the end game. If you're a first responder in the Chicagoland area, please consider our friend Greg Bagnett at Counseling Centers of Arlington Heights. Greg is a mental health therapist who is also a firefighter paramedic for Chicago Fire Department. He was also a guest on this podcast, and he understands what it's like to be a first responder. Yeah. I mean, uh, Greg's a fireman. He's a paramedic. He is a mental health therapist, and more importantly, he's one of our friends. Um, we, we've talked about before, we would never recommend a, a, a person that we don't know personally, and Greg is that guy. Whether it be anger that you feel, a call that haunts you, addiction, marital issues, call Greg and set up a session. Yeah. You know that he's coming from a place where he he knows what our problems are. Um, His phone number is 847-616-1656. Again, Vince, that number? 847-616-1656. And you can set up a in-person session in Arlington Heights, as well as a telehealth, and they accept most major insurance providers. Which means most likely if you're a fireman or a paramedic, he's going to accept your insurance. Um, and, and we've talked about before, Greg is just a great guy that's going to do what's right by him. So um, whatever he's got to do to get you the help that you need, he'll be there. Yeah, the same conversation that you would have with a guy at your firehouse mm-hmm. you can have with Greg except Greg has the ability to help you a little more because he knows what you're going through mm-hmm. um, let's reference that number again Vince so that number. if you need help you call the hammer right Vince the Hebrew hammer what's his number 847-616-1656 again that number is 847-616-1656 and don't forget to check out his book uh, featured on this podcast, Mental Health Mayday, a firefighter survival guide from recruit through retirement.
So your second day at 123, you get a call. Or do they do they let you have the pipe for your first fire? No. Um, the officer I had was awesome. Yeah. My first day there, his name was John Waters, and they called him Muddy Waters. <laughs> Never wore a helmet, wore a ski cap. <laughs> All the way into the fire? Old yeah, school, old school. he wore it into the fire. <laughs> and um, my first day there, put my stuff on the rig. And, you know, back then, it, it was who you knew back then when you, when you, where you went. So my father got me assigned to 123. That's where he wanted you to go, huh? He wanted me to go there because that yeah. was his favorite house. Okay. Oh, yeah? Because he was in Battalion 26, which covered 123. Oh, so you were in his... In no, his not at that time. No. He oh, was already okay. promoted. But he knew the house. But yeah. He knew the house. The house always had a good reputation, always he good guys. He just wanted you to be with good guys, right? He wanted me right. with good guys and a good officer. That's the officer that's, he picked. He picked, the, he picked Muddy uh, Waters uh, for you, huh? Yep. So I go down in the kitchen... And I go to shake his hand. He goes, are you in service? He wouldn't shake my hand. <laughs> so I'm like, what? my father was hate me. <laughs> but he ended up being a great officer. And then he got promoted. So we weren't ALS yet. We were just getting ready to go ALS. We were driving, uh, we were in a 1985 Mac open cab. Oh, open Jesus. cab. Yeah. Terrific in the winter. You know, yeah. yeah. What, what excellent year, you excellent say that was in 90, the winter. That was 99. Okay. Your tank sat up on top of the hose bed. So... <clears throat> He took a long time to really get into this being ALS. Oh, okay. So he was really kind of against it. And he knew you were a medic. All the old timers were against it. Yeah. Yeah. And, Sam and every day you, you said you were a true candidate with him. There was no, you sat up in the tower and you went over stuff every day. He never left the tower all day. Him, yeah. or, him or the captain of the tower later sat in the tower. Would they have you drill with then every day? He would drill with me every day. He'd say, go get this from the cabinet. Oh, okay. You know. So it took and a you while. Got 13 years on the fire department at this point. Yeah. Okay. So it took a while and, um, had some runs. Our first run is as, as an, as a engine, first ambulance run with the engine. We pull up, it was an accident at Western and, um, the medics come up to me. So what do you got? He goes, hold it a minute. Come on. <laughs> you don't talk to him. You talk to me. I'm the Lieutenant here. Oh, yeah, Muddy so, like that. No, no he, he was no. a tough old guy. He was sure. excellent. He was an excellent officer. So then... Was he a lieutenant or a captain? Or lieutenant then. Okay. So then he takes the captain's test, and, you know, he's seen a couple of things that happened on the ambulance. And Dave Thomas was on, on 123 a few times for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, Dave Thomas, I think, saved a kid's life, a little kid's life. Oh, and then um, he saw a couple drug overdoses that we gave Narcan to, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's, like, taking blood pressures. And he went to EMT school. He got the fever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he, he, he got went, the money fever. He went, yeah. to, he went to EMT school and became an EMT. Then he got promoted to captain and came back to 123 on the first shift. Oh, no shit. Yeah. But so, money, so he was on with you at that time? Then, he was right? on with me as a lieutenant on the second shift. Oh, Then when he got okay. promoted, captain was on the first shift, so he had to go change shifts. So now the first shift was the best. Sure. <laughs> right. He thought Number we were the one. best, and the first shift's the best. Right. Right. And then I had Don Frieza after him, and Don Frieza was like a... Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Yeah, he was like uh, he was like Muddy Waters, but a young version. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, he was excellent too. I two great officers as a fireman. Would you? Uh... Well, let, let's go back because we're we were talking about your first fire. Okay. Yeah. And you were so if he doesn't even shake your hand until you're in service, I can't wait to hear what he did to you. Well, it's funny. At your first fire. It's funny that you guys had Tim Walsh here, right? Yeah. Well, Tim Walsh was on one sixteen. I was. We were we're very good friends. 
and I was on 123. So we had a bet who's going to get the first fire. <laughs> Did you guys go to the academy together? We've done everything together. No I'm kidding. Came on in 86. Because I think that tradition over. of that bet still occurs. Where I won the bet. He never paid me. Uh, Tim it Walsh, sounds like you owe Pat some money. It sounds like a Tim Walsh move. Yeah. <laughs> the guys who come out, like, they'll have Shallow a group pockets. of guys all put in, I think they were putting in, like, 100 bucks or something like that. Might have only been 20 then. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, but 20 was a lot. Inflation, dude. Right? No. Inflation hits everybody. I, I'm just saying that the food I know the five guys bucks, are still <laughs> competing with who of their academy is going to get their first fire. Yeah. So... So you beat Tim. Tim, yeah, Tim was you. at one sixteen. So with interest, Tim owes you a, quite a bit of money. He owes me money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bad okay. pay. Yeah, yeah, right. He owes some retro. Owes me some retro. That, yeah, some retro. <laughs> all that money you made as a district chief. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we get our first fire, and I'm second up, and it was a ranch. And engine eighty eight's first engine was second, and we go to the rear. So we go in. I'm crawling, crawling. And you're the guy who's on the pipe that you're following. Is he like a seasoned guy? Yeah, he's seasoned. Okay. There were a lot of seasoned guys there, and they were excellent too. Yeah, and so you're just like hanging on. Yeah, so I'm just hanging on to their coattails, <laughs> and I'm crawling. And all of a sudden, I feel fire boots. I'm the only guy crawling. I look up, everybody's standing up, but I'm doing what they told me to do: get down on your hands and knees and crawl. And then the same day at night, we had nobody a f- said, "Hey, kid, what are you doing?" Now? Yeah. yeah, no, they let me crawl. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'll bet that went on for a little bit longer. Yeah. Than and were then, you the only one with your mask on? <laughs> It might have been. <laughs> and then uh, that. Uh, then we had a fire on 51st Street. And um, do you know what a street pipe is? A street well, pipe? Well, this, this was an inch and quarter shutoff pipe. It's a long pipe. It's an inch and quarter with yeah. a little. Little knob. Knob shut off. No kidding. And that's what Muddy, Muddy was old school. Yeah. He liked that. That's what, very what, old school. What was the purpose of having that? What, what advantage did you have by using that? It put off a lot of water, Before? but it was very hard to handle. Yeah. So we had an exposure. So he put me in an exposure line. And he showed me how to handle the exposure line, and um, and like f- second day on, then we were good. Okay. Yeah. He, he just was, he just needed you. He to... wanted me to prove myself a little bit. He was okay. excellent. He was an excellent officer. And so handling that exposure line gave gave you enough credit with them. And he really <laughs> believed that nobody was better than his shift. Well, that's that. Yeah. That's admirable, and that's, right? that's good. And then when he went to first shift, we're like, "What do you mean first shift is better?" <laughs> right. Now you're no good. Yeah, now we're nobody. <laughs> and then Don Frieza was the same. He was an excellent. Uh, Donnie officer. was a good guy. Yeah. yeah. What um did your old man give you any advice like as you got out like getting out of the fireside or? No, not really, because I knew a lot about the. I'm fire. sure it was just always like trickling in. Yeah, but. I knew a lot about the fire department, and I really did have a lot of pride in it. I do take a lot of pride in it, and. And I, and, and I'm not going to, but I did have the name to carry on because I also had two cousins that were on and I had another cousin that was on, on truck 28, but he passed away in a car accident, but he was a fireman oh, shit. Sorry. and all, and I had a cousin on 126 who was a captain. He wasn't a captain at the time. And then I got, I, now I have a nephew on engine 84, Dan Poole, and he's, he's oh, a good, him. oh, you know him? Yeah. Yeah. He's my nephew. He's a good no kid. Kidding. And we just got him. We have a family badge. He was a, he was a medic. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. have a family badge, and we just got him the family badge. No kidding. Oh, that's cool. That that almost everyone's worn. Did you you wore the same? Badge? I wore the badge. My father wore the badge. No kidding. My cousins wore the badge. Well, that's one of those traditions that has kind of grown out of favor, just because of time. Um, from what I'm understanding, during graduation is the you used pinning, to pin it on them. pinning, right? And we don't do that anymore. But oh, I no, know you didn't that get a chance to do that. another good forgotten trait. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, I had my father, you know, but we had to wait for after the ceremony. I took my, and my, 
my dad was like, what? He can't. He was having a hard time seeing. He's like, I, I can't do this. He's like, and he calls my brother. He's like, Mike, come over here and do this. And I'm like, Dad, it's not I about don't want that. right. It's not right. about it's not about putting it on. I'm like, just do your best. I don't care if you stab me in the chest. Yeah, just come right. here and right. try to put this on me. Trying to explain this to my dad. Right. But I know that we try to. If you write a form two, you can request badge from a family member. But what? If somebody's wearing that badge number, what well, what happens to that number? Well, here, here's the way you handle that: you lose it. <laughs> okay. Everyone, but somebody's got to give it up, though, right? No, everyone in my family lost it. Oh. So you pay the money to keep it. Oh, sure. So you lose so, it, then you go. Oh, I lost my like badge. A fucking timeshare. Kind of. Well, kind of. It should be. <laughs> it should be air really? quotes. So, so you write a form. Yeah. So you oh, write a, oh, I got you. Yeah. So you write right, a form two. Lost my badge. You pay, pay the for fine. It. Yeah. And the badge never comes up again. Until so, it comes up again. Until it comes up again. The next guy comes. <laughs> hey, we got the badge. But oh, I had a hard shit. time getting my nephew the badge. It was a lot of work to get him the badge. Yes. Yeah. I actually, I have a copy of the badge at home, my, my copy. And I have, actually have my father's copy now, too. I have them both hanging on the walls. And, and I said to, uh, hey, I'd like to get my nephew a badge. I'll pay for it. Here's the number. And they're like, oh, no, it's not in the budget. I said, you don't have to pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. It's not in the budget. Who, so, who was telling you it wasn't in the budget? A very uh, people, people that know budgets. No, a very, a very good guy. And okay. I'll say his name because I believe he is a good guy. So my father, we're cleaning out his stuff. And I don't know why he's got a bunch of badges. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so, I'm like, hey. Nobody's got any badges. My, da- my old man's got That's fucking three or four badges. Anymore. <laughs> it's in the budget. Hey, it's back a, in the budget. You need All a badge? I got one for you. <laughs> yeah. I got table badges. So I got, I what number it, you want? I ended up taking one of those badges to a jeweler, had the numbers taken off, and put the badge number on. Oh, it. shit. You know, I, I got a duplicate badge um, from a company. I, I think they're out of business now, but you couldn't tell which one is which. No. Uh, they made a, a replica, and I made one for my son, and it's identical. And It's probably better. It's, it's not. It's, <laughs> you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, you can't tell the difference. Yeah. So what's the Danny's so, wearing? Danny's so wearing the family badge. Danny's wearing the badge, and he's wearing the thing on the helmet on the on the oh, dress no head, which you don't see any guys with that anymore. You probably had it, I, but I, now you don't see anybody. They just put firefighter. Yeah, but I had I had two of those at home, my father's and mine. And so he's wearing that too, huh? Yeah, he's wearing that. And, and, so and they, 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 did they take your? They took your badge, right, Pat? When you left, because they gave me my cap piece, but they wouldn't give me the badge. I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I got all my badges. I got did every they, badge. Did you have to turn in your helmet? Say, well, how does that work for you? Because no, I, I saw them at the commissary. They drill holes yeah, into they these do. helmets. They and I to... saw like one crusty. You could tell that there was time and history on this helmet. And commissary is just drilling holes in this. Mine never went in the commissary. Never got a hole in it. It's it, was, my... it was sad to watch. Well, here we go again. <laughs> Come on. I brought donuts to the commissary. <laughs> And I said, hey, uh, I want to keep great my helmet. a man who knows how to juice wheels. I want to keep my who helmet. I don't want to hold it. Who says take, huh? Right. Yeah. There you go. I kept my helmet when I retired. I got it up on, uh, I got my I got helmet, mine, yep. my father's helmet, and both our dress caps. Right. I, I think you earned that helmet yeah. at yeah. some point, right? Yeah. Well, the, the thing is with drilling it is they don't want you to pass it on to somebody. Yeah. They don't want like, you, right. Like, hey, here's my old junkie helmet. Right. But it's funny about Danny. You know Danny, right? Mm-hmm. So... He wants the badge. I get. I finally get the badge, and I call and I say, "Hey, I got my. I got this badge number. I want to get my nephew." 
Now, he kept it quiet where he's at, who he is. He doesn't tell anybody who he is because he's got a different last name. Well, I'm just finding out, too. Well, they call <laughs> they call him down to headquarters no kidding. to change out the badge. And they're like, who is this? Who are you related to? <laughs> so he's like, oh, it's out of the bag. They know I'm, they know I'm related to a Keo Fuck. now. <laughs> and he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Well, good. I, I'm, That's a good story. I, yeah. I love the fact that that tradition and that history gets to be passed on. I yeah. think that's cool as hell. And I'm glad he's wearing it because he'll wear it proudly. And that's where the fire department's losing a lot. That's where they're losing. Is that, is, yeah. Yeah, they are. I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. I should have never had a hard time getting a badge. No. 100%. Now they told me. Well, do you think back in the like Bob Hoff era that you would have ever nope. met such resistance? I would have got a badge. Like yeah. So, I mean, just in the short time, because when I came on during the Bob Hoff era, and I've been able to see the difference in <laughs> the department just in that time span. But my understanding is that's not specific to Chicago. That's across the board of the fire service. So, oh. like, how are we losing this that's, that's tradition what we're and losing. stuff like that? Well, I think the departments run a lot, honestly, by lawyers now. It's not run by. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent The lawyers write a, you know, you write a general order, the lawyer looks at it. It's not just going out anymore like it used to. Oh, really? No. Huh. Lawyers are involved in everything now. Yeah. And the problem with the badges now is the badges used to be under the fire department. Now they're not under the fire department. They're anymore. under HR. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Personnel, resources. Yeah. Right. yeah. So really? that's why they the said it's not, That's why they said it's not in the budget. I'll pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. I'll give you the money. I'll write you a check right now. I, I want the kid to have the badge. So, just from an outsider, so when when you guys are given your badge, when you when you um, uh, whatever, when you get sworn in and where you come in, um, they they take that back after you mm-hmm. retire. They take that back after yes. you get unless promoted, you lose or, it. Okay. And and the fire department knows what you're doing. They know you're losing it. And writing a form too. It's 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 been like this forever. Did sure. you see that news article about? Yeah, oh yeah, I saw th- it. That said the badges that the Chicago yeah. Fire Department has been losing badges at an alarming rate, and CPD has stated an alarm. We just had a t- ton of people retire, and people are losing their badges. Like, and when I got can pro- we just change that so that who wouldn't pay to yeah, keep right. their badge? Right. Correct. So right. when I got promoted from captain to battalion chief. I went to the first district police station. I walked in and there's a sergeant behind the desk and I'm like, Hey, I lost my badge. She's like, Oh, you retired or you're getting promoted. That's what she said. To me. <laughs> so they even know yeah, it's all right. a bunch of BS. Sure. Here's your pre-filled out application. Yeah. And, like and said, I was sent there from Clinton street when they had the office in Clinton street. They said, I'll oh, go to first district. They'll fill out a police report for you. Is that, is that number mean anything to you guys in terms of like your, uh, like an employee number or anything like that? Nope, no? not really. No, nope. no. Just, just a bench. number that started with the family and has carried on. Yeah, so what do they give a fuck? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, now they told, well, they told me initially when I wanted to get the badge up, well, you can give me the badge and we make it a legacy badge. So that means nobody else can get it unless you say they can. I didn't want to give the badge up. Yeah. It sounds I mean, like an herbal life yeah, scheme yeah, right yeah. there. You're like, uh, you know, We're I'll, giving I'll you take the care tools to create your own badges if you give us <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, <laughs> so give us the badge and it'll kept, be kept in a legacy. It's a legacy badge. Yeah, okay. So if somebody else comes on and you want them to have it, they can have it. You spent your formative years at 123, right? And at what point did you leave there and why? I got promoted. 
Oh, you you stayed there until you got promoted? Yeah. I, believe it or not, I got promoted in five years. Wow. Oh, you know, wow. For Is somebody it, who didn't do well, self-admittedly, on the first test that you took, what, why you did you You mean the entrance exam? Right. What happened there? Well, I didn't do well because I skipped a stair on the run-up, mm. and they made me that, come down and start over. That's the part that you... That's the part I failed. No kidding. Listen, I didn't that, fail, but that's that, the part... That little step... Could put you yeah. back thousands. And that's well, and we were talking about that with you. There was stuff at the academy yeah. that was just a little off than the others, and I skipped it. Are you talking about the inside stairs yes. at yeah. the at the Quinn? Yes. Okay, because <laughs> I bet you that's the same goddamn stair that I rolled my ankle and Vince I thought. Vince is a big fan of this. <laughs> it's a short yeah. step over the other ones, and you had to hit every one, and they watched yeah. me, and they said you missed a step. Start over. Yes. And, so, and they just start the time over. Yeah. I kept my time going. No kidding. Yeah. So to call back. To Billy's episode, just because I just listened to it recently, right. um, uh, any any hiccup in a second or even a millisecond okay. sounds like relative to oh relative to the amount of guys taking it, like it really fucked you on yeah. this. this eighteen thousand, I, mean, I think it was eighteen thousand people took it when I took the test in eighty five. Yeah, I mean, so a it, second it, could mean a second can mean thousands of people on the list. Right. And so Fuck. if a second means a thousand, you had, I mean, minutes. And the best, the, the biggest thing they, they did, it was the hanging. That's, Remember, you that, had that's from the, a bar. Yeah. And I did fine on that. It was that stair hanging. that, wow. I mean, I worked out for that. Yeah. For that test. I went to 123. They had practice yeah, tests. they had practice tests at 123. Oh, 123. 123. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know where it's at? <laughs> you know where it's at, right? <laughs> You know, most um, people talk about parishes. We talk about fire. I do. We were, so we were talking about that the other day, too, about the parishes. Like, we don't that was know, the last know where you grew up. Yeah, what parish, parish you're from? Right. 123. Um, <laughs> so, uh, want to take a minute? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll take a break here. Um, and we'll yeah, because right I want to talk about when you guys went God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, all right. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.